This is Matt Hurt at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter. This is Tiny at Obsessive Tiny on Twitter. And this is ObsessiveViewer.com's The Obsessive Viewer Podcast. Welcome to The Obsessive Viewer. We're a weekly movie and TV podcast that covers a specific topic, be it genre, trope, movie, or show, each episode. You can find more of our work at ObsessiveViewer.com, and you can also like us on Facebook and join the Facebook group at Facebook.com slash The Obsessive Viewer. And, of course, our episode sponsor is Horror Movie Yearbook, which can be found at HM Yearbook on Twitter and at HorrorMovieYearbook.com. Horror Movie Yearbook is from the Midwest Podcast Network, and they take a few horror movies from a specific year and review and... uh discuss them in context of the current events and pop culture events of the year of release. So check that out. Again, that's at HM Yearbook on Twitter and at HorrorMovieYearbook.com. And of course, thank you once again to Midwest Podcast Network and the folks at Horror Movie Yearbook for sponsoring the podcast this week. So Tiny, how is it going? It's going good. Good, good. How do you you feel? Because we are about 24 hours outside of having seen um infinity war together yeah how do you feel i feel okay i i feel okay i need need a hug and a cup of hot cocoa or something well you're not gonna get that from me okay lovely (laughs) uh but yeah so this week on the podcast all we're doing is going to talk about infinity war i mean we'll do potpourri and stuff but okay i don't have any news or anything although i do have one piece of news so i just lied um, Liar! I know, tiny. Yeah. Uh, so Avengers: Infinity War. Yeah. Has the biggest box office opening weekend ever. Nice. Like, not surprising actually. Ever. And I didn't even look at the numbers. What did they had to do? It is. Let's see. Um, looks like I'm actually pulling it up on boxofficemojo.com now. Mojo. Okay, so domestic. We'll see. I don't know if this is accurate because it's still below Force Awakens, but two hundred fifty-seven million six hundred ninety-eight thousand two hundred. Um, that's domestic. <laughs> and let's see. Didn't they? Re- they released it worldwide, didn't they? Everywhere except China didn't have it. Um, it's messed up. Yeah, so that that's the thing. Like China gets it in a couple of weeks, and uh, yeah, <laughs> in a couple of weeks, and so that's going to be insane. Like it's going to yeah. just increase their numbers. But the worldwide uh, opening weekend box office take for Avengers: Infinity War was six hundred forty million dollars. Jeez! Like holy shit! Damn! And to put that into context, also that their their Sunday box office was a record breaker too. Sunday alone, it made sixty nine million dollars. Jeez. Um, but let me take a look and see because uh, to put that into context, that's a whole dark tower. It is, it's a few dark towers, <laughs> tiny. Um, but it is it is more than what justice league made in its entire box office run really yeah like that's what i'm hearing i'm confirming that now 
Dang. Yeah. Eat your heart out, DC. Yep. So uh, domestic box office for Justice League total was $229 million. Dang. And, yeah. I didn't know Justice League did that poorly. Yeah. Oh, it did It did badly. It did badly. Wow. I think worldwide it was like $657 million. So I think it's just, just under it. But I don't know what the actual numbers for Infinity War is. But wow. still, it's quite a feat. Yeah. Um, Pretty insane. Yeah. So, yeah. So that is pretty much all the news that I have <laughs> and we're going to have, uh, cause we're going to be having a big discussion about infinity war here. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Do you have anything to bring up before we go? Dive? No. There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if we could become something more. So when they needed us, we could fight the battles. That they never could. All right, well, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and go into our review of Infinity War. Of course, we will do a non-spoiler review, but honestly, that's probably going to be brief, and we'll dive into a bigger spoiler review but mm-hmm. uh tiny do you want to read the plot description courtesy of imdb sure the avengers and their allies must be willing to sacrifice all in an attempt to defeat the powerful thanos before his blitz of devastation and ruin puts an end to the universe yes and avenger i'm gonna try this do you remember how we we tried the me naming the the top build actors yeah yeah, yeah let's see, let's see how you okay do. yeah so um let's see the Avengers Infinity War stars Robert Downey Jr. Correct. As Tony Stark slash Iron Man. Correct. Um, Chris Evans. No. No. Okay. Who would be second build? Oh, uh, Josh Brolin. No. Really? Benedict Cumberbatch. No. Really? There's so many people. I there mean. are so many people. Okay. Who's second billing? Chris Hemsworth. Oh, Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, Thor. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So a ton of people are starring in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> that was embarrassing. Um, uh, then Mark Ruffalo, then Chris Evans. Oh, yeah. Then ScarJo, then Don Cheadle, then Benedict. Nice. Then Tom Holland. Oh, nice. Above Chadwick Boseman and Zoe Saldana. Hmm. Karen Gillan, Tom Hiddleston, Paul Benny. Wow. Wow. That is a lot of people. Interesting order. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I had someone at work call in that the caller ID said Thomas Holland. And so I was like, oh, Spider-Man's calling me. <laughs> it wasn't him. He was like a 70-year-old. But anyway. Uh, okay. Um, so yeah, so this is a huge movie, obviously. It is the culmination of, the beginning of the culmination of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, this era of it. Uh, what started in 2008 with Iron Man, and mm. in the past 10 years we've gotten, this is the 19th movie we've had. Yep. And it's just insane, the amount of, hype surrounding this and excitement around it. Like me, I was very excited for this movie and so much so that I saw it twice this weekend. I saw it once on Saturday and once Sunday with you, tiny. Yep. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been a, it's been an experience. Totes. Um, so where were your expectations with infinity war going into it? I mean, they were pretty damn high. You know, the, a lot of the Marvel movies have been, 
towards the top of my top 10 lists over the last decade, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Iron Man and Avengers and uh, Civil War and Winter Soldier. Those have all been top 10 or top five movies for me over the last decade. Mm-hmm. And so this is, it's important. It's impactful. It's, it's a big deal to me. And so I was like, they like, I think, I'm not alone. A lot of people were like, you need to, they needed to bring it for this. This needs to be their best effort. Yeah. Biggest movie yet. Biggest budget, everything. Like they needed to just pull out all the stops and go beyond what we expected. And that, that's what I was expecting. I was like, you need to blow me away. Right. Um, so yeah, highest expectations possible pretty much. Nice. Yeah. I, uh, I, I was in a similar boat. Like I was very, very eager for this, like so much. So I was having dreams about it and everything Mm -hmm. and going into it. I, I just, it was one of those things where when, like in the lead up to the first trailer, I was like, Oh yeah. Infinity war. That's going to be amazing. I'm going to be excited to see it and everything. But once that first trailer hit, I was just like, I was blown away because I was like, holy shit, they're going to pull this off. Like, mm-hmm. this is going to be something that's, this is going to be something like, that's worth like remembering and everything. Like, it's yeah. going to be remembered if they pull it off. And I had no, I had no, um, uh, doubt that they would, that they would pull it off in a, in a satis- satisfactory manner. But, um, going into the, going into the movie, I was, I had some very, I had some very specific thoughts, um, some very specific, um, uh, um, theories that did not pan out the way that I thought. Um, and that's a testament to the movie, which we'll get into when we, when we review it. So kind of in broad terms, tiny, how did you feel about Avengers infinity war? Did the Russo brothers pull it off? Did it satisfy your expectations? And, uh, what did you think of it? So I said highest expectations possible. They exceeded my expectations. Nice. Um, pulling it off is an understatement. Mm. Saying that they pulled it off is an understatement. Um, it is, have, I've only seen it once, obviously, but mm. it's the best Marvel movie they've made so far. Wow. In my book. And not only that, I, this is probably a top 20 for me now. Nice. Maybe top 10 even. It was like, this is like, this is like that feeling when we did our Oscars episode, there was that thing where I was like, they showed this whole montage of movies and it just filled me with this, like this, like uh passion or like this feeling. And I was like, God, I just love movies. Nice. That's how I felt. Like when I was watching this, nice. Like I was like, this is like, this is like the pinnacle of filmmaking to me, I guess, just cause it's so, there's just so much going on. And, and like, it's just so, it, it seems like such an impossible task mm. to have so much plot, so much, so many big actors, so many characters, and all this CGI and all all these different settings, and it's like you're dealing with uh, forces that were forged in the Big Bang. You know what I mean? It's just like this is just like an insurmountable thing, and the Russo brothers surmounted it, M- mounted it, mounted, mounted it. Yes, surmounted. <laughs> Sir the mounted. Russo, I don't know. <laughs> the Russo bro- so the Russo brothers mounted something. They mounted it. <laughs> yeah, they did. Yeah. But yeah, I I mean it's it's I gave I gave it a ten out of ten on IMDb. Nice. I've only nice. done that a couple times. Wow. That I think the Dark Knight and maybe like something else, I don't remember. But I thought you were gonna say the Dark Tower. I was like, what? Uh, no, <laughs> no. 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 Um but yeah, I I mean it's just 
It's my number one movie of the year so far. Nice. Uh, like it's, it's just nice. all the good things you can say about a movie. <laughs> those things. <laughs> it's that. It's, it was so freaking good. Mm-hmm. Nice. That yeah. is awesome. Uh, I've seen it twice. Mm-hmm. And first of all, for let me before I go into my thoughts, I I want to go on a brief like not tangent, but just get on my soapbox for just a second because I've seen like tweets around the internet's saying something like um like there was one tweet that kind of went viral that I saw that said um hey how about instead of watching eighteen movies that you've seen before why don't you you know go watch movies that you haven't seen before and and have a new experience referring to people that were rewatching all the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies in the lead up to Infinity War okay yeah to which I'm like you know what no I like it's not like okay you can be kind of snobby about movies and everything. That's, that's fine. But you know, don't try to belittle someone like getting hyped up for this cinematic event, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason why I think that it's prudent to, um, not rewatch shame, um, <laughs> is that like, okay, this is like we said, this is the, cul- the beginning of the culmination for the Marvel Cinematic Universe as we know it, this era of the, of the franchise, shared universe, what have you. Before seeing Infinity War, like you have 10 years worth of movies that you've watched and you've had, you've had opinions about and you've had feelings about, feelings toward and everything. Um, movies that have, have, very specific moments that really speak to you and make you um that are more entertaining than everything like, like the freaking airport scene in civil war mm-hmm. um like all of these these moments when you get to infinity war once you see that movie and you see that like this is you know the end for some characters it is it is something that's going to uh irrevocably like it's it's going to it's going to irreparably change the marvel cinematic universe going forward so you know, maybe it is good to, you know, watch those 18 movies before you have it retroactively, like, connecting certain scenes with certain moments in mm-hmm. Infinity War. Right. So that's my little soapbox there. And I, I have more, I have, I have more about just people's kind of snobbish view of, of comic book movies, which, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you can have your own opinion and everything. That's fine. I get it if it's not your, your thing or whatever, but don't write it off as just, oh, stupid comic book movies because they're right they're so entertaining <laughs> yeah um and i don't think that's fair but anyway my broad thoughts on infinity war oh man this movie delivered on so many things mm-hmm. um and i i'm sure that in the coming months i'll have some um nits to pick and everything but as of right now i on letterbox i rated it four and a half stars out of five. And that's for a couple of reasons. One is that I, and I'll get into this more in spoilers, but I wholeheartedly think that the next one is going to maybe outperform it in terms of quality. Mm-hmm. Like I, I kind of have that expectation that now Marvel has, has set an expectation with themselves that they are going to outdo themselves with whatever Avengers four is going to be titled. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's why I kept that four and a half stars because I'm anticipating a five star movie. But, um, yeah, there's so much to this movie. There's so, there are so many things going on and the way that the Russo brothers kind of juggle all of those things and put them together in such a, um, 
cohesive manner it like they're they're they have all of these different characters to play with and i feel like they paired up or or grouped together the characters that would that would get the most entertainment value out of interacting with each other yeah obviously there are certain characters that never cross paths in the movie but like the grouping the the way that the avengers and and everyone is is grouped up in this movie is just absolutely nailed it mm. um there i will say that I mean, maybe it was just a little bit cluttered because obviously you're dealing with dozens of characters yeah. spanning across different franchises through a 10 year, um, thing. <laughs> <laughs> but I wasn't, uh, I wasn't, let's see. It, it held my interest throughout the entire movie and I, I didn't feel like it was shortchanging any characters. I didn't feel like it was dragging in any parts. Um, but it did feel like it was kind of moving at a at a pace that was a little i guess quick there there wasn't a lot of room to breathe i guess mm-hmm. but that's not necessarily a complaint cuz the action set pieces and the comedic beats in it were just really really well done yeah and we t- you mentioned about money throwing money at the movie and everything the cgi was beautiful yeah absolutely Flawless. beautiful yes yeah. thanos in particular was absolutely just really really well done yeah there were times when i was like like when they weren't even showing his face they would show like the side of his head or something mm-hmm. and like just the detail yeah and his like his skin and stuff i was like Ooh, it's like almost almost creepy right yeah and my main concern my number one concern going into this movie was how they were going to handle thanos not mm-hmm. because i've read read any comics or anything like that but just because in these in these past 10 years with the marvel cinematic universe they have a very small number of villains that were to my liking in terms of characterization and everything. Mm-hmm. Like they have notoriously skimped on the, the villain characters. And I was very concerned going into infinity war that we've seen Thanos a handful of times in the stingers of the different movies Yeah, and going into infinity war. All I thought was like, okay, it's this dude, this purple dude with a glove. Like that's my movie, my movie going experience with it. Like he wasn't, I, I didn't get the hype surrounding it. Like I've read up on him and everything and I can get, I can get the hype, uh, surrounding it from a comic book level, but I haven't experienced that. So I'm going solely off of the movies. Mm-hmm. And so that was my one concern and best Marvel villain. Yeah. Maybe one of the best comic book movie villains. Yeah, definitely. Aside from obviously like Heath Ledger's Joker. Mm-hmm. Um, cause that's in a class all itself. Yeah. But, Oh my God, Thanos in this movie was mm-hmm. so like terrifying. Yeah, just totally. absolutely terrifying. Uh, the children of Thanos were really incredible, like like very creepy and like um, I think his name is Ebony Mao. Yeah, uh, the the main like Squidward guy, Squidward. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, man, he he was great. I yeah, like just the design of his face was just really gross and and weird Mm -hmm. but like the the way that he was kind of overpowered like every all of the thanos thanos and all of his like minions were kind of overpowered and that was really interesting because you know they people got their asses kicked right um but yeah but thanos his motivation throughout the movie which we'll talk about in more detail um very well done, very well um described and disclosed throughout the movie and just very menacing. Yeah. And yeah, just a really, really great, um, uh, kind of like 
we've had 10 years worth of build up toward Thanos or I guess technically 6 years because it was introduced in Avengers in 2012. Right. But 6 years worth of build up toward this big bad of the of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and yeah, he was the big bad. <laughs> um, totally. He was very uh very uh, menacing and everything. Yeah. Um what what characters stood out to you? Um, well, just to speak on Thanos really quickly, I I agree. He's yeah one of the, one of the best comic book villains ever. Um, and he, I think what what really kind of blew me away about him is that like he's he's the kind he has the kind of power that like when you see him interacting with one of the heroes, you're like, Oh my God, he can just snap his neck. Like he, right. they could just die like right now. Like mm-hmm. it's, and it, this, this is the kind of movie where that stuff's probably going to happen. Yep. And so like <laughs> you genuinely had this sense of like, Oh my God, he might kill him or like this person might die right here, right now. Mm-hmm. And it just, he, cause he's just so unbelievably powerful. And like, I thought the, the whole reality stone part and, and like what you can achieve with the reality stone, it's just like, you can just completely put in front of people whatever you want. Right. And it's just like, just like how, just that, that's one out of six. And it's right. just like, that's just unbelievably powerful. And mm-hmm. he has that from the get go. And it's just like, man, this is how are you going to beat this guy? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think one of the most interesting, interesting things about him was that he was very layered and I think actually kind of empathetic. Yeah. Um, uh, you could kind of empathize with, with what he was doing almost like mm. like he's he suffered this huge trauma where his his uh his home planet and his his race was you know in a crisis and that's why he's doing what he's doing and it, it's like that's kind of the root cause of his mm. his uh ideology and it's i don't agree with it right. but i can see some of the logic that he's putting yeah. forth you know he, he makes some logical sense there's there's a scene where he's he's speaking to another character and he's saying that um He's explaining like his motivate, like why he's doing what he's doing, and it's like, I like I'm listening to it. I'm like, it tracks like like, logical. Like I understand the logic of that. Like it's fucking insane, Mm -hmm. and it is literally his goal is to wipe out half of the universe. Right. But like the motivation (laughs) of it, it's not like this power hungry person and everything. It's kind of he has um, he's the hero of his story. He believes he's saving the universe. Exactly. Right. And it's just, it's really remarkable that they can do that to this character. Like it's, it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man. So yeah. good. And it, you know, you can't, there's other layers to him that we can't mm-hmm. reveal without spoiling it. Right. Um, but it's just, yeah, he's, he was a, a shockingly, a shocking amount of depth for a villain. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what they were, what they managed to achieve with him in two and a half hours amongst a couple dozen other characters right. that had speaking roles and that we were used to seeing and we wanted to see and we wanted to have see them have interactions with their friends and their loved ones and mm-hmm. they managed to develop him so much so much amongst all that. That's yeah. crazy. That's that what blew me away. Is incredible. Yeah. Um Man, this movie was so good. Um, yeah. Let's see, any parting thoughts before we go into spoilers? Because I feel like we're dancing around a little bit. Yeah, we kind of are. Um Oh, uh, uh, characters that stood out other than Thanos. Oh yeah, good call. Um, uh, man, it's, I think I think um, I think there's some big linchpin moments with uh, Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I was a little surprised at how important he ended up being. Mm-hmm. Um, which I mean, he has wears an infinity stone around his neck, right. so I, sh- I guess I should have seen it coming. But, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I just I I like how he was incorporated into the story and the mm-hmm. arc his character took. He he really stood out. Um, yeah, and I mean they didn't they didn't pull any punches with like the guardians being right. catching up with the Avengers and. Um, hijinks ensue yeah. that you would expect. Not that it was predictable, but I'm just saying, you know, right. it's like I can't wait to see what Rocket does with this or that, you mm-hmm. know. Um, yeah, it, man, I everybody, everybody kind of stood out, you know. It was mm-hmm. it was kind of surprising. I feel like though, on the other side of that coin, I feel like Captain mm-hmm. Cap Captain America was a little bit muted or a little. He- Kind of was just a little bit, not yeah. um like I'm not I'm not complaining, right? Because I think he you know he's still reeling from all the aftermath of being in hiding for so long mm-hmm. and working against the government and all that shit and right. Um, so I think I can understand it. And he's always been a fairly stoic mm-hmm. kind of character, so it it makes sense. But um, but yeah, I it's not like I even necessarily would have wanted to see more of him or mm-hmm. see some more depth or anything. I just. I, I thought, I don't know, I thought there'd be a little bit, just a little bit more. Yeah. If that makes sense. Coming out of the fallout of Civil War, you would have thought that they would have had kind of a more, given equal part to Captain America and, uh, and Tony Stark. Right. Like kind of have them develop more Yeah, throughout the movie. Having said that, Tony Stark was great. Like Absolutely. he has a great arc in this movie. Yeah, him and uh, and I love Tom Holland as. They as are Spider-Man. so wonderful together. They're so great, yeah. and I, I love their interplay, and and I love that kind of the way that it carries on that um that kind of mentor mentee ship mm-hmm. in this movie. And I'm glad that Tom Holland had as much screen time as he did in this movie. <laughs> Me too. Um. So great. I'm just thinking of some of the funny stuff. Yeah, which when we go into spoilers, we'll we'll talk into we'll talk yeah. more about the comedic beats first. Totally. Um. So yeah. So yeah. Anything you want to add before we go into spoilers? Um. No. Let's get to it. Nice. All right. So we are going to go into spoilers for Avengers: Infinity War. I'm going to play a clip from the trailer here, and then when we get back, we are going to be spoiling Avengers: Infinity War. In time, you will know what it's like to lose. Feel so desperately that you're right, yet to fail all the same. Dread it. Run from it. Destiny still arrives. Evacuate the city. Engage all defenses and get this man a shield. And we are spoilers on for Avengers Infinity War, and we have a ton of stuff to discuss about this movie. Um, so first and foremost, I kind of want to talk about the comedic beats of the movie because there is mm-hmm. a lot of really good comedy in this movie, and it speaks to the Russo brothers being in their background with, you know, community and Arrested Development, um, that they were able to pull off the comedy element so well. Um, so Tiny, what was your favorite, like, comedic beat of the movie, or favorite line? 
dude, you're embarrassing me in front of the wizards. <laughs> that was so great. That was up there. So great. That and uh, and I love the way that he tells Peter. Um, he's like, "Well, these guys, these, this guy's from uh, from space. He's here to take a wizard's necklace." <laughs> and, uh, just, it's just, yeah, it was hilarious. Um, yeah. And also, there was one line that didn't get a lot of play in either viewing that I saw, and I think it was just because it was just kind of a, a quick one liner. Um, that you may have you may have missed, but it, um, when Rocket, Groot, and Thor are in the pod, and their uh, Groot says, "I am Groot," and then Thor responds to him, Rocket's like, "You speak Groot," and then uh, <laughs> Thor just said, Thor just says very casually, he's like, "Yeah, they taught it on Asgard. It was an elective." Like, <laughs> just <laughs> it just it was so great, so casual, and just so. Just so great. Um, totally. Yeah, and that, and then like in the final battle when uh, when Thor comes back with Groot and Rocket, um, and <laughs> he looks at he looks at Steve and he's like, "Hey, that's my friend. He's a tree." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Groot's like, "I am Groot." And then the most genuine, like, wholesome moment of the movie <laughs> is Captain America saying, "I am Steve Rogers." <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just so, that was so funny. So great. Perfect delivery by chris evans oh yeah he's like i am steve rogers (laughs) so funny (laughs) oh man oh so great that and uh they kind of redeemed themselves for the kind of clunky or kind of annoying i don't know if i'd say annoying but the line in civil war where uh peter parker's like do you ever see that really old movie empire strikes back (laughs) um i thought that was funny i you know and and we talked about it and like i like i think mike put it best when he said like like okay we get it he's young but i mean peter parker has seen empire strikes yeah he knows how iconic it is that's true um but they made up for it this time for me at least when when he was like uh when they're on the spaceship and he tells tony he's like hey have you ever seen that really old movie aliens (laughs) yeah um that was great and then drax is amazing he yeah holy crap dave batista so great. I don't know how he does half the shit he does without laughing. I, I really don't know either. Yeah. The whole, I've been staying here for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> an hour. An hour. <laughs> <laughs> I've mastered the art of being perfectly still. <laughs> My movement is is imperceivable. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, those were just great moments. Um, one thing that I really love, one line of dialogue that I really loved because it was a callback to the original Avengers was in the beginning um, when Loki is talking to Thanos and then he's just like, Oh, and we have a Hulk and then Hulk comes and just tries to fight Thanos. Mm -hmm. But like, I love that because it's such a great callback to the first Avengers, obviously Mm -hmm. when Tony Stark tells, tells him that, but it feels like I was just so happy in that moment because it was like, this isn't necessarily like obviously this isn't why they did this, but it's like it felt like the purpose of them putting Hulk and Thor and ending Thor Ragnarok the way that they did, putting them all on the Asgard ship was all to lead to that one specific line of dialogue. Yeah, absolutely. Because it is such a beautiful callback. <laughs> um, yeah. So so yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit more about the character arcs throughout throughout the movie. Um, let's start with let's start with uh, Bruce Banner and Hulk. Um, the second time that I saw it, when I saw it with you, Tiny, I was thinking, man, I really wish that they would just make a Hulk movie, um, because I love this dynamic that they're presenting with, um, 
Bruce Banner and Hulk, like Mark Ruffalo's <clears throat> play on the character as like he's fighting, he's fighting the Hulk throughout the movie um, because presumably the Hulk is scared after being beaten up by Thanos. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just love that, that dynamic. I would love to see that play out in its own movie. Like uh, Bruce having conversations with the Hulk or, talking out his his feelings about the Hulk and everything. Right, yeah. It's just a really good element. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, so do you want to go storyline by story? Like, how do you want to get... Because there's so much to unpack. In this yeah, movie. it's so hard to uncover it all. Yeah. Um, do you want to start with Asgardians? The Asgardians. Um, yeah, I guess it's as good a place to start as any. Um, I feel yeah. like, not that there's anything... Not that I'm complaining about it. But I felt like the whole um, Stormbreaker thing, where they go and like they forge this new axe, and it just seemed a little, a little convenient, maybe. Um, Sorry, I don't know. I feel like because in in that moment, we're kind of skipping towards the climax of the movie here. Right. I, I didn't intend to do that, but um, that whole moment where uh Thanos is walking towards acquiring the sixth stone and all the Avengers are just throwing themselves at him trying to stop him. Yeah. And they're just absolutely useless, you know, mm-hmm. and these incredibly powerful people that we've become accustomed to over the last decade are being tossed aside like nothing mm-hmm. by Thanos. And then like this axe just comes out of nowhere and it's just like this thing didn't exist before an hour ago and it's <laughs> I don't know. It's like, what's so special about this axe that it's, I don't know. See, I can see what you mean for sure, but I, I'm not in the same ballpark. <laughs> okay. Cause I, I think that they explained it pretty clearly in the movie that obviously now that Mjolnir has gone, he needs something that can take down Thanos and that like, that's the purpose of it. Cause he goes to where Peter Dinklage is and, and like Peter Dinklage made the Infinity Gauntlet for Thanos. So, like the the power that is in the heart of the the star that they use for for molding and everything, like right. that's enough to take down Thanos. Like that's okay. Yeah, that's that's my that's how it was explained in the movie, and that's why I I could kind of go with it. I can definitely see that being kind of a uh, convenient plot thread, um, mm-hmm. especially considering that. This is the second uh, consecutive Avengers movie where Thor just kind of goes off on his own and does his own thing throughout the most of the movie. Yeah. In Age of Ultron, he had the whole swimming pool thing and right. everything that was kind of out of place. Like, it what didn't feel out of place in this movie because it, it served the plot and it was very much instrumental to the climax of the movie, but it also felt like kind of a little bit of a... <clears throat> Uh, a speed bump in the movie. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I get it because Thor is the one Avenger kind of who understands the vast or who like understands the universe more than anyone else. Yeah. Because, you know, the Asgardians defend the entire universe and like, right. you know, he, he knows like what people are like on Titan and what people are like at the other planets and like he like he understands all that and so it makes sense that he would know oh i'm gonna go over here and get this because these people know how to do that you know right it, it well, makes I think sense he knew it just because that's where Molnir was right going. right um 
how about that opening sequence with the Asgardians in their ship and everything? Because after after <clears throat> seeing Thor Ragnarok, obviously, you know, one of the mid credits, the mid credits stinger on that was a ship coming in in frame uh, where they were. And so, like, I, I loved that the opening, like, you hear just a distress signal and then you see, like, them already being decimated. Um, how did you feel about them opening the movie that way and how did you feel about that sequence? Um, it, I mean, they just jumped right into it. Like, I, they didn't really, I'm glad they didn't try to, like, have, like, some kind of cutesy introduction or prologue mm-hmm. type thing. They were like, you know, we've been talking about Thanos for six years now and like everyone knows who Thanos is and like we don't need to beat around the bush here. We can jump right into this thing. And they did. And you know, they right into an action scene where the Hulk fights him a little bit and like there's all this death and it's introduces Thanos's minions to an extent. And, Mm -hmm. um, and fucking Logie just gets killed. Like I think for real this time. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's. I was like, well, okay. I mean, that's a hell of a tone to set. Like, right. but you know, I appreciated it because mm-hmm. you know, it's. This is not. Like I said, this is not the time to hold back. Like you pull out all mm-hmm. stops and a major character getting killed in the first ten minutes. That's pulling out a stop. Yep, and also so. uh, Heimdall. Uh, yeah, yeah, Andrew Silva. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I love that sequence. Cause first of all, like I knew, I knew Loki was not going to live in the first five, five, 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like I just knew he was done for. Um, I knew that like, um, I kind of like the, <laughs> I kind of like the, not symbolism, but the, uh, the idea of like, Oh, this, this villain character just killed like what is, who is, um, who is widely regarded as the Marvel Cinematic Universe's best villain. <laughs> like he just snaps his neck and he's done. Right. Um, I, I love that. And I, I kind of thought like Thor was going to die. <laughs> like I, uh, I really thought that Thor was going to, going to get killed there. And I thought like that would be a really good, like showcase of power. Like him just killing off Thor in the first 10 minutes. He's but, basically a God. Right. Yeah. Um, but seeing that he could easily take down the Hulk was really, was a really great demonstration of his power and right. his strength and everything. And Thor in the comic books, Thor has kind of gotten killed off and like become another. I believe so. Yeah. I like Thor was a woman yeah. for a while. Wasn't right. And like I think I, actually Jane Foster took up the, really? the okay. mantle. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I, I was thinking that too. I was like, Thor, I think Thor might be one of the characters who, who died, mm-hmm. but I wasn't, I wasn't sure. See, I was kind of, I went into the movie expecting, um, I, I was so sure. I was so 100% certain that Tony Stark was going to die. Like I, I thought I was, I would have was willing to bet money on that. Um, like I thought that the way that the marketing was going, I thought that Tony Stark was going to die in the first half of the movie. And that, uh, and then like in, when they show Wakanda in the, in the trailers, I thought that Hulk was going to be the one in the Hulkbuster suit, which was kind of right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought that, that was just as an extra defense or whatever. But I thought that, like they, I thought for sure that Tony was going to die early, but obviously that didn't happen. Right. Um, but I, it just did not, I was not prepared for this movie. Yeah. Um, let's go to, we're kind of jumping around. Jesus. Yeah. Um, so, uh, 
the you you mentioned the reality stone that whole sequence at nowhere with with the collector and everything was so so cool like, it was i thought that was amazing um and just the reveal of the reality stone and how he'd already had it was like right was really great yeah and i remember like when they when that scene was starting i was like the the um guardians show up and thanos is in the process of kind of like quote unquote beating it out of the collector and mm-hmm. i was like that's pretty convenient that yeah right as they show up and then <laughs> i was like oh my god it's the reality stone right he already has it and he's just fucking with him <laughs> um yeah that was really good and then just oh yeah like like some like super hardcore classic villain shit mm-hmm. where peter quill is standing there while thanos is like holding gamora and like he's just like yes. taunting him like go ahead just go ahead and kill her that's fine because he just so knows good. he's not going to do it. Right. And I was like... Not even that. Like, it's not even that he knows he's not going to do it. He knows that it's pointless to do it because he can just turn it into bubbles. Right. Which yeah. is so cool. Yeah. Just just to be cruel, basically. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was inc- that was an incredible scene. There was, there was a stupid freaking article that was like, the 10 cameos you, you probably missed in Infinity War. Mm-hmm. And, like, it was... I, I hate those kinds of clickbait things. Yeah. I, I really do. Like things like that and like the ending of Infinity War explained like, okay, well, were you watching the movie? Because what do you need explained? <laughs> right. But like this, like one of the top 10 cameos was like uh, Benicio Del Toro is the collector. And I was like, that's a speaking part. That's not, What are you talking about? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's not a cameo. God. Wow. Yeah, it was it was annoying. But anyway, that whole sequence was really great. I loved the uh, – the, um, the the Peter uh, Peter Quill and, and Gamora thing where she told him that he has to kill her if if Thanos gets him gets right. her and just like the way that that played out was really well done um and like I knew I knew how that was gonna pan out in the ending too in that that final battle right on Titan um yeah what did you think of the 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 Guardians teaming up with with Tony and and uh, Spider-Man and Doctor Strange. I thought it was great, especially the way they met. Mm-hmm. How they were like, you know, they both they each assumed that the other team was working for Thanos. Right. That was pretty funny. Like classic, classic misunderstanding. Right. Um. Very. Where is Gamora? Who is Gamora? Right. I'll do one better. Why is Gamora? <laughs> <laughs> that was a great was line. So awesome. Why is Gamora? <laughs> oh man. Um. Yeah, God, that was funny, but yeah, great, great group. Like the 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 pairings were mm-hmm. phenomenal, um, and that was some of my favorite pairings. Like like Peter Quill and Drax and Mantis with Tony Spider Man and Doctor Strange. Strange. Um, that was a great team up because just for so many reasons. But uh, yeah, but I mean, perfect for. Star Lord and and um, Iron Man because they're so much alike. Yeah, like to see them, you know, they're both trying to come up with a plan and stuff like right. that. <laughs> um, yeah, that was that was a great pairing. And then them using all of their powers together, yes. I was like, that that's what I had envisioned mm-hmm. was something like that. I was like, that's how they're gonna because I knew that Thanos was incredibly powerful, right. And I was like, that's how they're going to beat him. That's their advantage is that they all have 
different powers and if they go one on one they're not going to win but if you know it's classic story you know, we got to work together we got to do this yeah. together and they that's what they did and it was going to work yeah that's why like the I, the linchpin of that of the conflict is peter quill right. losing his shit and you know, disturbing that thing. Like they almost had, they had yeah. the infinity gauntlet off his all, arm. It was getting off of the arm. Yeah. Ah, like, uh, and he ruined it. Yes. And that, like that fight sequence was so well done. <laughs> yes. Like, cause it's so, cause we talked about, you know, Thanos and, and the children of Thanos, like they're all kind of overpowered when, right. When in, uh, compared to the other, to the Avengers and everything, but like seeing them team up and like, that was the best, like team up, fight sequence i've probably ever seen yeah and just like it i mean it it obviously rivals the uh, battle of new york scene where mm-hmm. they all work together and to take down the chitari and, and loki yep but this was just so great because it was each each character using their own specific skills to like working together to get him to, to get the gauntlet off like mm-hmm. just so great so freaking great really and, like, good there was no moment in the movie, which granted, obviously, given how, what happens, like there wasn't any opportunity for this, but there was no like, there was no moment where it was like, oh, well, why didn't they just do this from the beginning? Like, um, like, uh, um, uh, Doctor Strange multiplying into like hundreds of different ones and then doing the like lashes on it, on the arms and everything. Like, I was like, for a second, I was like, why didn't you do that for, didn't do that to begin with? And like, before I could even think that, Thanos uses the, reality stone or whatever to just wipe it away and i'm just like yeah that's why because he has the like oh my god <laughs> um right just so great and then the what do you think of the battle of wakanda um it was pretty good i feel like the um the villains or like the opposing army the opposing army like Thanos's army or whatever mm-hmm. were just like these random creatures like yeah didn't even try to explain it not necessarily that they needed to, right? But I, I mean, <clears throat> they were they were scary. Yeah, they were kind of scary, um, and like they they were fine, and you know, I didn't didn't have a big issue with it. But it, they just it seems like they just kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, they kind of they were definitely foot soldiers. Like yeah, like uh, I didn't have a problem with them or anything. They were kind of like the uh, really kind of like the ch- uh, Chitauri. Yeah, that's true. The Avengers. Um, but yeah, I thought that of the two concurrent battles that were going on, I I prefer the one on Titan because you know yeah. Thanos and everything. Right. But then when Thanos gets to Wakanda, like, oh, let's hold off on that because let's let's mm-hmm. circle back and talk about a couple other things. Um, the Soul Stone. How did you feel about Red Skull being just randomly there? Um, I thought that was a good place for Red Skull. Yeah. <laughs> um, I hated that villain oh, yeah. passionately. Just you hated that movie too. I didn't. I didn't like that movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I, I didn't have a very high opinion of Red Skull. Mm-hmm. Um, I just didn't. I thought he was a cartoon character, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but this portrayal was much more satisfying, I think. And mm-hmm. you know, he's not. He wasn't as. Uh, cartoonish you know he was much more right. like sad and depressing you right. know being there so yeah i thought it was just a crushing a crushing scene and mm-hmm. a crushing moment and like i could see kind of see it coming and obviously mm-hmm. so could gamora right i don't understand i don't fully understand why she didn't just kind of commit suicide and kind of kill herself because i mean she tried to because she took the knife and 
tried to stab herself, but... Oh, that's right. She did, didn't she? Yeah. Um, And I could kind of see it coming, too, obviously, because, I mean, just at that point. But I love the... I love the way that that played out because it's such, it was such a, it was such a, it was such a well done scene really. Like, um, the, not cockiness, but the kind of like, the kind of like faux victory that she felt like when he was, when he was explaining that he needs to sacrifice that, the thing that he loves in order to get the soul stone. And she's just like, well, that's it. You don't love anything. You're just, right. you're just a, a, an insane person. And then just like the turn, like the turnaround where, where he's crying and then Red Skull's like, the tears aren't for him. It's like, Oh shit. And then like, I love that she like, you know, kind of, uh, turns back to him. And it's just like, this isn't love. That's not, that's not like she's like she's explaining like you're insane. This isn't this isn't love or anything. Mm. But it still does it, and just that was a really uh, heart wrenching scene. It was. Yeah, it was one of those moments where you kind of sympathize with Thanos. Yeah, a little bit. Oh yeah, it was 100 percent his choice, right? And he didn't have to do it, but he kind of mm. had to do it. Like yeah, yeah, because he's driven by this ideology that's mm. more important to him than that. Yeah really powerful stuff oh yeah and i had a debate with feckus via text after i saw the movie and i was like like his his main kind of criticism about the movie is that he feels like there are no deaths in the movie aside from loki's that have any consequence okay and what i'm taking to mean by that is that um he's (laughs) loki's death is the only thing that propels thor to to do the thing or whatever. And like, I, like I said, well, what about Gamora? Cause you know, that obviously, you know, has lasting effects for Quill and everything. And then he's, his, his quote was, um, comic book canon. Uh, I'm going to read exactly what he put. Okay. So I said, um, so I said that I'd argue that Heimdall and all of Asgard, as well as Gamora would count as, you know, lasting deaths. Um, unless you're thinking those deaths will be reversed whenever they do whatever they do to fix it in the next movie. Um, and then he said, uh, first I kind of give you Heimdall because Idris wanted out of the MCU. Uh, <laughs> second, only half of Asgard is gone. And this is where I kind of had a little bit of a confusion because I've seen the movie twice and I don't see that line anywhere. Tiny, you said that you felt like Thor said something. Yeah, he did say that. Okay. Cause Fekka said that, uh, Fekka said that Ebony Mao, Maul makes a comment about only half of the Asgardians being killed. So I don't know. I'll have to see it again. Well, I mean, that's what Thanos does. That's what Thanos does. You know, he right. wipes out half of them. Right. Yeah, and that's true. But I mean, I didn't. I I've seen it twice and I didn't get it. Um, it's never in one. your defense. It's never shown. It's just right. a line. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then he said that strong comic canon indicates Gamora is not dead. Oh, which I don't know anything further because I mean I haven't seen I haven't read the comic or anything, but right. I definitely uh, I kind of hope she's I hope that there's no I hope that she's done like yeah because I want something to have a lasting effect for the yeah for the I, universe I agree um and plus that was such a just emotionally impactful moment that if they reverse it I I don't I don't see it it would retroactively make it kind of not have that impact when I rewatch it. Right. I agree. Um, yeah. So vision and Scarlet, Witch. Mm-hmm. how'd you feel about that? 
Um, I kind of like their little love story. I think it's mm-hmm. kind of, um, I think it's pretty genuine. Um, and I, I, I feel like because Vision is an amalgam of so many different personalities and whatnot, mm-hmm. I feel like, uh, Bruce Banner is uh, one of the most lovelorn people i guess in the in the mcu mm-hmm. because he it's you know he he feels like he can't love anyone because he's it's such a risk to be around him and like right. you know you can trigger him at any moment he could just snap you and kill you or whatever mm-hmm. and so he's kind of ran away from relationships and love before and stuff and so i feel like this is a kind of a weird statement but i feel like scarlet witch is the kind of girl that he would go for okay and so it's like it's, it's almost like that part of vision is the bruce banner part of vision is what's kind of falling in love with her okay i don't know that's a weird statement kind yeah, of I can, I can i can see that it's an odd thing i picked up on i guess huh. but uh that's interesting but yeah i just i dig it so i feel like in in some twisted way or goofy way it's almost like love love fulfillment for bruce banner mm-hmm. it's sure. weird because She's banging a robot, you know. It's, right. um, but yeah, and plus, it's 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 very, it's fascinating to think of Vision as a robot who is falling in love with the human being. Like it's yeah. just kind of a cool, uh, kind of an off kilter, not traditional comic book thing, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's like the uh, the MCU's version of the movie Her. Um, yeah sort of <laughs> yeah um yeah and and i mean the whole thing where she has to kill him yes holy shit like that's so so rough yeah oh yeah so rough the um yeah that i i really one okay so one thing that i i didn't i wasn't really looking for this or anything but i kind of felt like did did elizabeth olsen did she just she just dropped the accent <laughs> like did she? Did have, she? Because I couldn't. I couldn't. Because okay, in <coughs> in Age of Ultron, she had she had the the accent that she had, and then in Civil War, kind of seemed a little bit like they struggled a little bit with the accent. Like she kind of kept going in and out of it. And this one was just like, eh, screw it. Let's just. I wasn't paying yeah. attention. Yeah, she had a noticeable Russian accent in the movie. In in oh, Age of Ultron, yeah, like it's. Like I don't, I don't think she did a really great job, to be honest. I mean, right. I could tell what she was going for, and I was like, "Yeah, that's kind of like right. a stereotypical Rocky and Bullwinkle Russian accent." But you know, I didn't think it was especially good, but it was noticeable. And I, I don't know, did she not have an accent? Holy shit! That's I, yeah. You might be right. I think they're just like, "Oh, eh, with it." Right. That's wild. Yeah. I really, I did not pay close enough attention. In the movie to her accent. Yeah, I will, uh, I'll have to pay closer attention because I, I kind of didn't really pick up on it yeah. at all. Um, damn. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, the, the relationship between them was really, like, for as, as brief as it was in the movie, like, they didn't, obviously, they didn't have a, lo- a lot of time to really develop it or anything, but I mean, the time they gave it was, was well enough to get it to the point at the end of the movie. Uh, absolutely, yeah, and they, you know, in the past couple of movies, I think they did a good job of setting that up, and so that in this movie they didn't have to devote a lot of time to it. I guess, right. yeah. Um, True. 
And then, um, yeah, so that, that sacrifice at the end, like, I, and I, I told this to Fekus too. I was like, well, Vision, I think, could be, you know, kind of dead forever. Right. Um, but he said, uh, his, his, his response was that, I think it's Shuri from, uh, from Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had already downloaded a lot of stuff, so maybe they can make a new Vision. Yeah. But I kind of hope that they don't. I just... Me too. I kind of hope that those those three deaths, Loki, Gamora, and Vision, I hope those are lasting. I agree. Now... The only... Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. You go ahead. No, because I'm jumping ahead. Okay. I was about to change the subject. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Now, the big moment at the end... <laughs> yeah. Um. So, in your wildest fantasies about this movie, did you ever expect Thanos to actually win? No. Yeah. Did not. Me neither. Did not. I didn't expect him to get all the stones, mm-hmm. and I didn't expect him to win and kill half of all the life in the universe. Right. Um, but, holy shit. I mean, yeah. that was... Like, because I wasn't expecting it, it made it such so much better of an ending. Right. Um, such an amazing ending. It really was. Um, it really was. Yeah, just, like, right before it. First of all, the, the fight with Thanos on, on Titan, when he stabs Tony in, in, in the stomach. Mm-hmm. Like, I, in that moment, I was like, oh, my God, Tony Stark is dead. Yeah, like, I was like, he's he going to die. fucking dead. Yeah. Um, and, like, I like I noticed that you had, like a, like, a reaction in your chair. And, like, I had pretty much the exact same reaction yeah. the night before when I saw it. And um, just, like, that was just crazy and i love that i love that there's this mystery here now where like you know dr strange was like well you know if it comes down between your life or the boy's life or the or the stone you guys are gonna die right (laughs) and then that's reversed when you know he's like he's like he gives thanos the stone to save tony's life and he's like tony's like why would you do that and he's just like this was the only way and it's just like it's because he's seen something like he's seen the yeah. one version of them winning. And clearly that means Tony is involved in some way to save everything. Right. Um, just so cryptic and, and really, uh, really leaves you a lot to think about in the lead up to Avengers four. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the actual, like that moment when Thor gets the ax in, in Thanos's chest and he's like, I told you you would die for this. And then, Thanos is just oh god that scene is so great. Mm-hmm. He's just like uh, you should like he's he's st- he's stammering and everything. He's like you should have aimed for the head and then oh just yeah. that is such an amazing moment. Um, and then we get the great montage of despair as everyone yeah. half of everyone just goes to ashes. Right. Ah. Oh. It feels like it was more than half. Of, yeah, I know, right? I mean, it really, I don't, I haven't like counted, mm-hmm. but Jesus. Yeah. Cause it's hard to really even remember. Yeah. Um, um the Guardians of the Galaxy. Pretty much all Rocket, of them. Rocket. Rocket's the only one left. Yeah. Rocket and Nebula, <laughs> technically. She's Nebula, like yeah. Right. Um, yeah. The rest of the Guardians, uh, Black Panther. Yeah. Um, Falcon, uh, uh, Scarlet Witch. Scarlet Witch. Um, uh, Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier, which it was heartbreaking because his 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 last line was Steve. Mm-hmm. So he was talking to Steve, and then like Drax's was Quill. 
And then he just yeah. disappeared. And then fucking Peter Parker. Time. Oh my god. That I almost started like like audibly crying. Yeah. Like sobbing. Yes. It oh that was rough. Like that the way first of all I love the way that that's seeded early because that first scene with Tony and Pepper in the park. Yeah. He's talking about how like, you know, I had a dream where we we had a kid and you know, do we have a kid? And then she's like, no, no, no. And then he's like, okay. But like, that's like, he, he wants to have a child. And then, you know, Peter is his surrogate son. Right. And just to see him like disappear in his arms is fucking heartbreaking. Yeah. And Tom uh, Holland, my God. Yeah. Nailed that dude it. Nailed it so well. Right. Like, my God. Like that, that scared child mm-hmm. moment. Just yeah. so great. And we're so used to like uh, all, all the times when, since he's been cast as Spider-Man, we've we've kind of all the times where we think of him as a kid, it's usually funny. Yeah, it's like oh, yeah. he's like, oh, this really old movie, and like right. and, you know, he's it's silly, and he's like uh, on his phone and shit like that. And, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's it's all it's all mostly based in comedy. Yeah. Um, and then you know him being kind of not quite ready, you know, in the, like in the in Spider-Man: Homecoming, it was there was a lot about him just not quite being ready for the responsibility, you know, classic right. classic trope of Spider-Man. But this was like, this was tragic, like yeah. tragic example of just him of of a kid who's not ready to die. Yeah, you know, because he's he was just oh my god, it was so. Uh, that was just heart wrenching. I yeah. mean, I can't like that. That was the most impactful to me. Mm-hmm. That was the most impactful death. And they really milked that one too. They did. Like they they, they knew that that's it. the one that was going to get everyone. Yeah. Um. Oh, so so powerful. It was. Um. Uh, and yeah, and that leaves us with where the fuck are they going? Like, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? Yeah. What kind <sighs> of sucks. Is that, you know, we know that it's going to be reversed. Like, the Avengers are going right. to reverse it. Just because, sheer fact that, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is in production. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man Homecoming sequel is supposed to be coming out next July. <laughs> <laughs> so, clearly, you know, those characters are going to be back. Right. But I really... Well, I'll save that for a little bit. Um, but, yeah, it's... In this moment, like, just seeing that movie and seeing that ending is like a very ballsy way to end a movie. Um, Absolutely. A superhero comic book team up movie. Mm-hmm. Just really, really well done. Yeah. Um, I, I'm kind of wondering if this is just complete theory. I almost hope I'm wrong, mm-hmm. but I'm wondering if the, in the sequel, if the way they succeed is they somehow steal the time stone from Thanos, rewind time and have Scarlet Witch destroy the Time Stone. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Something like like that. (laughs) Well, what's interesting is that there was a theory online that um, they think maybe the point of the next movie is going to be that the Avengers have to to get the Infinity Stones and make their own uh, gauntlet. Okay. Because when Thanos snaps his fingers and it goes back to that moment... um, you see that the gauntlet's pretty much destroyed. Right, he doesn't have it, yeah. yeah. And so does, that that was a, a question I was going to ask, is in that final concluding scene, does he not have the stones anymore? That's a good question. I don't know. Yeah. Because he doesn't have the gauntlet. Right. Ah, um, jeez, oh, that scene. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, I, I mentioned this to you, but, like, 
can you imagine like if this was actually just the end of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Right. Like, that's how they ended ten years of movies. It was just <laughs> with this ending. Right. Like how fucking crazy would that be? That'd be nuts. Um. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so so crazy. So um, hard. Yep. Um. Anything else you want to talk about with the movie? Um. I don't think so. I I kind of thought um I kind of thought Tony and Steve Rogers would make up in this movie, but they didn't. Not that I not that they needed to. Right. Like I didn't miss it, but I kind of thought they would. I was a little surprised that that didn't happen. I expected them to, and I'm so glad that they didn't because now when they eventually, It's going to mean even more in the it's next It's going to be so yeah. much more powerful yeah. in the next one when they when they finally meet up again. I don't even think they're going to have to have a hard conversation. No. It's just going to be like Dude, I'm yeah. glad. You're, I'm so glad you're still alive. Right? They're both gonna have that thought. And, yeah. Yeah. There was, <laughs> was such a stupid tweet that was like, um, before the movie came out, they were like, "Avengers: Infinity War is amazing." Cap and Tony fuck within the first ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I saw that. <laughs> Just so great. <laughs> um, That's great. But uh, but yeah. So that oh, I had something else I was gonna. Oh um, and yet yeah, like simple moments in the movie like um, when Doctor Strange goes to Tony like like does his little sorcery stuff mm-hmm. and then you see uh bruce comes out of out of the little thing and he just hugs tony yeah it's just like it's so like the emotion of that is just it felt really real absolutely it just yeah. it just goes to show the the depth and the um intricacy i would say that they've managed to achieve with these characters yeah. over 10 years like that's oh, just yeah. it makes me think of other incredible stories like you know like lord of the rings or something where it's just Mm. like at this point you're you feel like you could go up to those characters and start having conversations with them like they're just so you know them so well Mm -hmm. that you feel like you feel like you know them in real life like it's just it's just that's it's just mountains of credit to the the writers and the actors and costume designers and makeup people, everyone involved in those characters over the last 10 years. It's the reason why they're the reason why we we're all reacting so hard, harshly right. and so deeply and emotionally to this, this story mm-hmm. because it's everyone's done such a great job. Yeah. Even when they haven't been that great, mm. it's pretty decent. And right. it's, it all, it all, it all adds up. All the pieces matter. If you will, mm. it's, it's all added up to this moment good yeah. or bad or, fantastic mm-hmm. so and again i'm gonna say it again not to derail the conversation but why the fuck can't dc do something like this like <sighs> yeah what is the deal with warner brothers and dc like are the stories not there i really it, I, i'm not familiar familiar enough with the comics that's the thing like i mean with dc like dc's like canon of characters like i'm i'm more well versed with the comics of dc than i am with marvel yeah and they have an incredible lineup an incredible rogues gallery an incredible like number of just stories to pull from Mm -hmm. but they don't have a kevin feige (laughs) like yeah kevin feige is the heart and soul of the marvel cinematic universe they don't have the russo brothers yeah oh yeah Hmm. it's just it's oh it's uh i don't i don't know yeah, but I even love yeah. the casting in like DC and the just like 
Ben Affleck as Batman, I think that's awesome. I think yeah. uh, Ezra Miller, is that his name? Mm-hmm. As The Flash? Awesome. Yeah. Jason Momoa, fucking perfect. Right. For, like, just awesome casting, but I, I just don't know enough about that universe. I, I, haven't, I haven't even seen Justice League yeah, yet. Yeah, so. it's... It's not that good. Yeah. Um, I mean, it has its moments. It's it's better than Suicide Squad and okay. better-ish than Batman v Superman, probably. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. That's neither here nor there. Right. Anyway, so um, what are your expectations for Avengers 4? Fuck. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think I think the most important thing is that, you know, what everyone is going to, what's going to, torture us for the next couple of years until this comes out one is one year is, oh, is it coming out next summer yep oh shit i thought it was a couple of years yep fucking hey um <laughs> but i think i think what's going to torture us is how much or which of these deaths are going to matter right like like is is it does everyone get to come back and and if so i think that's the wrong way to go i think yeah that'll yeah. make us feel good but it's going to be so um, it's going to be so unrealistic or it's going to be so, um, it's going to be so much of a retcon mm-hmm. and so much of just a, just, just, just an exercise in trying to make the audience feel good. Right. Which I don't think people really want in, right. in the long run or it's not as impactful, I think. So I think, I think like you said, I agree with you. Some of these people need to stay dead. Yeah. Um, even some of the people who died as the result of the snap finger, like, mm-hmm. I think, I think the people who, the characters who were killed previous to that, I think they're gone. Yeah. Like Gamora and Vision and Loki. Loki. I think they're gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and they should be. But I think yeah. even some of the people who dis- disintegrated into ash, I think they, I don't know how they can rationalize it or whatever. Right. I don't. That's not for me to decide. But whatever they do, I think they should. Some of those people probably need to stay dead. And I think in the process of saving the universe again or whatever, uh, however that concludes, the story all finally concludes. I think other characters should probably pay the ultimate sacrifice in service of that. Yeah. Most notably, Tony Stark. Yeah. I think Tony because Tony has had this sacrifice complex for a while now since iron man two when he was kind of doing his you know like which wasn't a great movie but you know like the whole his thing was poisoning him and like he was kind of a loose cannon and like he's kind of been dealing with the idea of the ultimate sacrifice for his own ideology he's been wrestling with that for the better part of a decade right and i think it's it's almost like his destiny Mm. So I like to I like to think of the um blood toxicity level thing in Iron Man 2 as superhero diabetes. <laughs> diabetes. <laughs> diabetes. <laughs> um, That's funny. Yeah, but uh but yeah, I agree. I think Captain America is going to sac- get killed off. Really? I just just because I think Tony they're both leaders and that's that's what true leaders would do. Captain goes down with the ship kind of thing. Yep. I, I, Iron goes down with the ship. <laughs> Man goes down with the ship. <laughs> right. um, but a theory that I saw post, not necessarily posted, but just like a, a comment that I saw just in passing online that I, I kind of think it would be interesting if, um, 
what if the people that disintegrated they didn't get erased but they were just they're in like some parallel universe or something and the mm-hmm. Avengers 4 is going to be both of these kind of going concur- concurrent to each other like our universe and this parallel universe and then somehow they'll meet back up and everything and maybe in that case some of the people that did disintegrate will actually die for real okay um i think that would be interesting and then um i'm curious how captain marvel's going to come into play yeah, I know um, nothing about her. Me neither. All I know is that Brie Larson has been cast, and right. I think she is a phenomenal choice. Oh, yeah. Like, Great she's, choice. She's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited for that. That's going to be next March, and then May is going to be the Avengers 4, and then July is going to be Spider-Man 2. Okay. Which is just going to be just ashes, just blowing in the wind <laughs> for two and a half hours. Thank you for that. <laughs> right? Oh, man. Oh. Um, <laughs> this, this I don't is... want to go, Mr. Stark. Oh, um, God. Oh, don't make me cry. Right. Oh, oh. Um, yeah, like, I, I, it took a lot of effort mm-hmm. not to be like... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like like yeah. audibly crying. Seriously, what is wrong with me that I'm not? <laughs> like, I saw the movie twice within 24 hours. I was texting Tony after after he saw it and after I saw it, and he was like, "I don't think I can see it again." Like after you saw it, you're like, "How did you see it again?" Yeah, <laughs> and like when uh, my friend that I go to movies with on Saturday, when I saw it the first time, she was a mess. Yeah, and I was just like. We're getting a Spider-Man too. <laughs> They're gonna be okay, guys. Yeah. Oh my god! But yeah, but yeah, in that the way that it's handled in the movie is very well done. Nice. Um, yeah. Man, it's gonna be another yep. huge year next year. It really is. Oh yeah. As far as MCU goes. Yep. And then uh, again, another a quick thought. Um, as far as the comedy goes, uh, I love, love, love that uh, that Thor got an, a new eye. In that rocket's the one they gave him to him. Yes. Like, that is just so great. That's perfect. It is hilarious. Um, that and then also in that same category, I love that we got a scene where Rocket is asking asking Bucky for his arm. Yeah. Like, God damn it. And that's so it, perfect. Doesn't Rock I think I kind of missed the line. Hmm. Didn't Rocket say, I'm gonna get that arm? Yeah. Yeah, I thought he's he like, did. Oh, he's like he's like, Hey, uh how's uh, how much for the gun? And then he's like, It's not for sale or something. He's like, How much for that arm? He's like, It's not for sale. And then he's just like, I'm gonna get that arm. <laughs> yeah. Um so great. Which I, I forgot to mention this, but mm-hmm. there were like I don't know if it was just our theater or if it was the actual audio quality of the film, but I feel like there's Was it quiet? It just wasn't loud enough. Yes. I noticed that. Okay. And I think it's because we saw it at Shiloh. Because okay. I there was another movie I don't remember what movie it was um, that I had that same experience and I saw it at Shiloh. It might have been. Okay. I don't think it was Blade Runner 20, 2049, but there was another movie that I was like, this seems really quiet. Okay. Um, and I just think that that might be the Regal Theater that we go to that okay. I just don't think that their sound system is, is up to, up to snuff compared to the a- I know, AMC theaters. I know before they did their remodel, they had some serious sound issues at that mm. theater, but I, f- I thought when they did the remodel, they probably would have fixed it, but. Guess not. I don't. I don't hear like, like they had like blown speakers in their theaters, and it was it was yeah. bad. Like you oh, would yeah. hear them rumbling when there's too much treble and shit mm-hmm. like that. It was really annoying, and I, I I basically quit going there for a while. Yeah. It's funny. I had a similar like when when uh, me and Kirsten, my friend, that goes to see movies with, when we saw Molly's Game, there was one of the one of the um, speakers was like buzzing throughout it. Really? Yeah. 
Um, hmm. So yeah, it's it's yeah. Okay, because so. I mean, there's maybe like I'd say three to six lines that I was. Like, wait, what they say? Was that important? Was that mm. really funny? Shit. And one right. of them, I think, was the whole, um, the whole, uh, elective? Groot elective oh, class. Yeah. I think, which I knew he said something about, like, yeah, they taught it. I took it in school. What? What do you say? Like, ah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, ah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Damn. So. Yeah, well, um, <sighs> for future movies, good AMC? Yeah. Yeah. Um, sorry, Shiloh. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, um, it's so I, I mean, like I said, it's a current number one movie of the year. Going to be hard to dethrone. Not saying it's impossible, but I mean, it's up there. Um, yeah. And then I, I, I mean, I give it five stars. Mm-hmm. I, I, I understand your reasoning for giving it four. Yeah. Like four I, and a half. I, four, four and a half. Okay. Yeah. Um, I understand that, but um, I think I'm. I try to like. I guess for whatever reason I'm treating this like I need to like you need to watch you each movie in individually. Yes, watch yeah. each movie individually. And right now, this is a five star fucking movie, mm-hmm. and it's a ten out of ten on IMDb movie. Yeah, um, and that's just how I feel about it. And I can't, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe next March or whatever, and next mm. May whenever uh, the sequel comes out, I'm gonna be like, yeah, this is better, and this is like 5.1 stars, which is impossible, right. you know, but I don't care. I'm not mm. going to... I'll cross that bridge when I come to yeah. it. I hope that they move up the release date a week, like they did with this one. Yeah. This, this movie was supposed to come out May the 4th. Right. Um, And now the sequel is set for the first week of May, but wow. I hope that they... If only because... I think moving it a week ahead is... Like, the reasoning behind it, I, I read something along the lines of... Uh, Disney wanted it to be um, wanted the domestic like U.S. audiences to be able to see it before international audiences, so they moved it up a week to match the international off, uh, box office. Okay, um, which obviously proved to be gangbusters for them. Yeah, because they definitely earned some some money. Uh, yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. Yep. Um, so yeah, I think that'll do it for. This review, I think. Yeah, I think it will. I think we forgot anything. We probably did, but there's a lot to digest in the movies. So. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's our review of Avengers Infinity War. Tiny, do you have anything for Potpourri? Um, yeah, I got some I can talk about, yeah. Okay, I do too. So we are going to close out the episode with uh, Potpourri, which is what we do every week. It's the uh, section of the podcast where we talk about whatever we want, as long as it smells good. Um, it's anything we watch, anything we're looking forward to. Tiny, I can probably bring up two things if you want to bring up one. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a couple things I can bring up. I saw Super Troopers two. How'd that go? It went pretty well. Uh, it went it went okay. So Super Troopers two is obviously the sequel to Super Troopers. Um, Super Troopers is one of those comedies that it's one of those like throw it on in the background like funny comedies consistently funny every you know every time you see it mm-hmm. um and super troopers 2 is one of those sequels that are coming out that comes out from um ah, the one of the sequels that came out many years after the original so similar to like dumb and dumber 2 anchorman 2 um probably zoolander 2 i never saw either one of those but mm-hmm. It relies a lot on callbacks to the original, which is fine in in some extent. Um, the one thing that I do do um, appreciate about Super Troopers Two is that which I'm which I'm calling Super Troopers um, <laughs> is that 
it is it is very much it, it it is different from the original. Like it's not them just doing their high highway shenanigans and going up against local local cops. Um it's not that. It's them they <laughs> they are uh there's this border redistrict redistrict redistricting there you go. Um, that basically a part of Vermont is now, or a part of Canada is now part of Vermont. Mm-hmm. So they are basically hired to transition the Vermont or the Canadian Mounties um, away from that to to become the new police force there. So there's a lot of like Canadian jokes, which I'm a huge fan of. Mm-hmm. I love a good Canadian joke, um, but it kind of felt a little. It felt a little flat as far as the story is concerned, because there's a whole story about smuggling drugs and everything that's that's just a vessel for the comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not as interesting as the the smuggling scheme in the first movie, but, uh, yeah, and it doesn't have that great a payoff, but there's some pretty funny gags in it and some pretty interesting, pretty funny bits here and there, but um, overall, it, it's worth probably Netflix if it hits it. Okay. Yeah, so that's Super Troopers 2. Um, Tiny, what do you got for Popery? Um, this will be really brief, but, uh, last night after, um, after infinity war, I was just like, I need to like laugh or something right. like that. Like, and so, um, and we hadn't, Paige and I haven't been watching a lot of movies, um, just cause we've been so busy, um, trying to, we're having a big race party this year for mm-hmm. the Indy 500 and trying to get our house. Glad you clarified it was auto race. <laughs> yes. The Indy 500. Right. Um, and so we're, we're having this big party and so we got tons of projects we want to get done. So mm-hmm. we've got like less, about a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're just rushing to get that done. We're just not really watching a lot of stuff. But I was like, let's watch a movie. Let's watch something funny. Like, let's find a comedy. And so we watched the the new Jumanji movie. Oh, nice. Yeah, which was perfect. So perfect nice. for what I wanted. I was like, I just want to kind of laugh at something stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, and it served that purpose uh, wonderfully. It's um, it was it was fine. You know, it's pretty much what you'd expect. It's not. Uh, it's mostly a cash grab. Um, just or you know, just capitalizing off an established franchise, basically. Um, I, I thought it was okay. I'm I'm one of like three people in the world that's not a big Kevin Hart fan. Right. So, so many people seem to just love that guy, and I. It's not that I don't get it. I just don't agree with it. I guess. I, sure. He, he's fine. I, I his stand up's okay, but as an actor, I'm just not all that. He's people laugh at him just because he says things very aggressively, and mm-hmm. I don't get it. He's kind of typecast, like a Melissa McCarthy. Exactly. Yeah. He's like, "Why would you do that, Steve?" And people laugh. I'm like, "Well, that's not a funny line." Like yeah. he's asking Steve why he did that. I don't. <laughs> he, just, he just said it in a loud. Like, why is that? Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't get it. Uh, that, re- <laughs> that reminds me of the Family Guy bit where they're watching Aziz Ansari stand up, and um, <laughs> it's like sometimes when I when sometimes when I tell stories, I speak really really slowly and low, and sometimes I get loud. <laughs> And that's like the just making fun of how he right how he does jokes. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So how was the movie though? It was it was fine. Uh, Jack Black was money. Uh, nice. He, I've I've been a Jack Black fan forever. I like his comedy, his more serious roles. Um, I, I'm a huge fan of his, and he was on point in this movie. Um, basically channeling a teenage popular girl. Um, which it was it was just very funny, and he did a good job. Um, and then Karen, Karen Gillan. Um. It's just kind of great to see her in something um, other than as a, a bald blue woman. Right. And uh, 
and so yeah, she 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 did a really good job, and uh, the Rock was great too because he was kind of playing um very much against his type because mm-hmm. his you know he's a, like a nerdy kid, but I I hope everyone understands the premise of the movie. You kind of get sucked into this video game, right? And so like the the nerdy kid chose that character, so it's the nerdy kid in the Rock's body. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, it's just a fish out of water thing. It's kind of standard comedy, but it was, yeah. he, he did it really well. Like he, him, like being nervous and awkward around girls, nice. which why the hell would the rock be awkward and nervous around girls? It, right. was, it was, it was genuinely relatively funny. Um, mm-hmm. I was, I was satisfied with the way he pulled it off. So, but yeah, and the, the story was, was just pretty, pretty dumb, which I expected. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot of, a lot of flash in the pan, not a lot of substance. It was, it was pretty silly and dumb. It's not not a great movie. It's you know you have to manage your expectations. Um, it's just something you kind of throw on when you want to laugh a little bit. Okay. Stupid easy laughs, and that's pretty much most of the movie. So. Okay. Yeah, it was nice. it was fine. Cool. Um, I have we're gonna have to do like an extended potpourri at some point because mm-hmm. um, I have a bit of a backlog. But I'm gonna bring up one last thing. Um, that I'm excited to bring up because I know that you adore this movie. Um, other people. Nice. You saw yes, that? Yes. With, uh, um, Hulk. Oh, wait, I'm thinking of something. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of something else. Oh, wait, what did you think? I was thinking of, um, God, what's that fucking movie called? Hang on. Now. I don't know why I was thinking of that. Fuck. What is that movie called with Mark Ruffalo? Where he's a music producer with Kira Knightley. Oh, um, is that Begin Again? I think so. Begin Again. I don't yeah. know why I was thinking of Begin Again. Oh no, no, no. So do you know other, what other people is? Yeah, is that's that um, uh, yeah, um, Jesse Plemons. Jesse Plemons. Yeah. Yes. And Fuck, uh, yeah. what's her name? Oh my God, Jesse Plemons and Molly uh, Molly Shannon, Shannon yeah. Bradley Whitford, and oh wow, one of the girls was Maud Apatow. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, it was yeah. his sister, his younger sister. Yeah. Anyway, so um, Other People is a movie about David, a struggling comedy writer, fresh off from breaking up with his boyfriend, moves from New York City to Sacramento to help his sick mother. And you and Mike raved about this movie Mm -hmm. a year or so ago in our year in review episode. And I remember you specifically mentioning that the opening scene is heartbreaking and hilarious. I was howling laughing. Yes. Um Oh my God. (laughs) Like the raw emotion of it. Like it is, it is a devastating moment. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's such an interesting way to bring us into the movie. And then they, they slip in the comedy of it and it's like the juxtaposition of it is so like, it messes with your brain in, in a very unique way. And like, it's, (laughs) it was a really great way to bring me into the movie. Yeah. Um, I, I really like the movie. It's uh it's very heart heart uh it's very touching. Mm-hmm. Um the kind of one of the main things about it is is um Jesse Plemons' character is is has this disconnect with his family and with his father in particular because his father's very conservative and doesn't want to acknowledge his homosexuality or anything. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the running thread throughout it, which I I thought was very interesting and, and well acted and well played out throughout the course of the movie. Um I did on one hand I did kind of think that it felt a little a little too I, I I wasn't too crazy about it being completely from the perspective of David, um, in terms of the grieving and, and the and the emotional 
um, hardship that he was enduring mm-hmm. because of his mother's like dying, uh, slowly, slowly dying of cancer. Um, I kind of wish that it was more about, like, I kind of wish that there were more, more things about the, about the other characters in his life. Um, okay. but there's a scene with him in a grocery store or in a <clears throat> pharmacy where he's trying to find some, something and he just flips out and he's like, yeah. he can't take anymore. Like that, that, like that was Oscar worthy. Like that one scene, it reminds me of the scene in Manchester by the sea where the kid is, is freaking out because of the, because of the, uh, frozen, frozen, uh, steak or something in the freezer. Right. Um, but it's kind of like that. And that, that's such a raw, like emotional thing. And it was handled really well in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I like the, I, I just, I liked the, the journey that, we went on with the character and with the family, even though they weren't as well developed as, as he was obviously, mm-hmm. but I do enjoy, I did enjoy the, the movie and thought that it was, uh, uh, very like the drama was very, um, uh, nice. Or like it, it resonated a lot. It was yeah. really, a really strong movie. Totally. And so, yeah. Mo- Molly Shannon. Oh, she was amazing. She was incredible. Like I, I thought she got robbed at the Oscars. Yeah. She needed oh, yeah. a nomination and a heartbreaking. For that. Yeah. Like absolutely. Oh, there's a scene. There's a scene where she is telling a story, like this funny, like like a funny story that happens to her, and then it's called back later in the movie, and it's so heartbreaking because her condition has, she's deteriorated so much as she cannot even tell the story the way that she used to, and it's just mm-hmm. it's so fucking heartbreaking yeah um ah just amazing absolutely um and she still manages to be funny too yeah oh yeah yeah oh yeah so yeah so yeah so that's other people i really liked it um it's on netflix it is yeah yeah so let's see is there anything else we need to talk about i don't think so all right well next time on the podcast we are going to be reviewing tron legacy for Mm. our patreon subscriber robert and uh we promise we're going to get that out soon (laughs) Um, and yeah so after that we'll probably do an extended potpourri something I don't know Um, (laughs) but yeah so we'll figure that out so having said all that um, thank you guys for listening and we'll see you next time thanks guys right Um, I I love that and oh oh my god little pizza she's so pretty oh she's soft she's so pretty so kitty so kitty Hey, you're nice. Yeah, nice kitty. Hi, Tony. Hi, kitty. Hi. You smell a puppy on me? I don't know what a puppy is. My daddy doesn't let me know about other animals. (laughs) (laughs) Bees a wow. Fucking cost me five hundred fucking dollars. Anyway, um. Anyway. Anyway, so um. And I, I kind of thought, like, thank you for listening to the Obsessive Viewer, presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. You can find more of our episodes at ovpodcast.com, and you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or anywhere else podcasts are found. If you'd like to support the show, the best and easiest way is to leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. More ratings and reviews means it'll be easier for people to find the show in the highly competitive film and TV podcast genre. It also provides us with valuable feedback on the show. If you'd like to donate to the podcast, you can make a one-time PayPal donation at obsessiveviewer.com slash donate or become a patron at patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer for recurring donations with different reward tiers. 
Every donation goes toward paying the fees to keep the podcast running and is greatly appreciated. For official Obsessive Viewer merch, including shirts, mugs, notebooks, phone cases, and more, visit our Tee Public store. You can also buy other great Tee Public designs in our store, and we'll get a small commission on the sale. You can find a link to the store in the show notes of this episode and at obsessiveviewer.com slash donate. The Obsessive Viewer's theme song is An Eclipse of Events and is provided by Loudlike from their EP, Mistakes We Must Make. You can find that and more great music from them on iTunes and like their Facebook page at facebook.com slash loudlikemusic. Any and all feedback on the podcast is encouraged. We love to hear from you guys. You can contact us by emailing podcast at obsessiveviewer.com or by tweeting us at obsessiveviewer, at obsessivetiny, and at I am Mike White. You can also like us on Facebook and join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash theobsessiveviewer where you can take part in discussions and polls between episodes. For more podcast content, check out Anthology, Matt's solo podcast, where he's reviewing The Twilight Zone as a first-time viewer and exploring other classic and contemporary science fiction anthology TV shows. You can find Anthology at anthologypod.com and anywhere podcasts are found. For book lovers, you can check out our sister site at obsessivebooknerd.com for book reviews, author spotlights, and a general celebration of reading. Finally, if you're philosophically curious, check out Tiny's side project podcast, The Secular Perspective, which explores the concepts of faith, religion, and existence from the perspective of secular hosts Chad and Amanda. You can find that at thesecularperspective.com and subscribe to the podcast on the app of your choice. Once again, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. 